This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host John Alba every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight up business talk here, no fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now. And listen at adfreeshows.com. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. What's going on, everyone? It's time for another edition of DDP Snake. They're presented to you by ad-free shows and podcast heat. I'm John Alba, joined, as always, by the Bonafide Hall of Famers first, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, what's going on, man? Just figuring it out, man. Just figuring it out. Every single day, and he's joined alongside Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. We got a fun one today. There's a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world. You're juggling this is crazy, yes. man. I want to jump oh. first for everybody. I see if I can get what I can do under pressure. One, 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 two, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, oh, I'll stop there. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> He's a jack of all trades. I'll tell you that, man. That's, that's for sure. Hey, I'm excited to be back here on DD. I did it earlier and I had 31. Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, let, let me tell you, let me tell you now before you know we get into today where the juggling comes from. Let's hear it. My business partner, Steve Hughes, the president of my company, he's always trying to come up with something, you know, to, to challenge people. We've got the Change or Die show, the Change or Die docu-series that we've been filming for the last, you know, 10 or 11 weeks now. And one of the challenges he came up with was juggling because it's it's really an amazing challenge for your brain and eye coordination and uh yeah i was really surprised that i would get that many just sitting down because i've never done it sitting down standing up from constantly reaching for but it's something that you got a kid who's you know is a basketball player or a baseball player the eye hand coordination really would be Huge. something that i think would be really amazing for your son or daughters uh, to try and uh, it's actually really fun too 
So uh, we've, we found that it's it's really challenging for people as they get older. But kids, you know, it's a different animal. So, so when, some, you get, when you get older, you have to have a helmet and knee pads and everything. You're going to take a <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake got 31 in his dream. Yeah, it was a long dream. <laughs> okay, brothers. So uh, we got a lot of good things going yes. today. Uh, you ran we, out of that stuff yet. Which of uh, the drink the AG one? I got like four packets left, man. Yeah, I was gonna actually bring them today because I was gonna. AG one is one of our sponsors here that allows it to be free, uh, free um, podcasting. Yeah, man. Um, you know, the bottom line is it's it's a great product. I drink it every single morning, and I I want you guys to know I'm out, and I haven't got my other shipment yet. It, it's so worth it. Like I'm also, I drink organic juice been have been for, for 20 plus years, but this is the fast juice that is just completely a powder. And it doesn't taste bad. It tastes pretty good. Now I wouldn't say it tastes really good. If my wife Paige will drink it, which is why I ran out because again, oh. it gives you all the vitamins you need for the day. You're putting the heat on her. Well, okay, I'm putting I the heat you. on her because <laughs> I want her drinking it, but she she won't drink regular juice because she doesn't really like the taste. But she does for the AG One. So tell them, tell everybody about it. Yeah, well, with one delicious scoop of AG One, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Dallas, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging. All those things. I know Jake the Snake Roberts knows quite a bit about aging, okay? So there's... there's... (laughs) Hey, but that's why you take your AG1s, right? Because AG1... that's why I take my AG1. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting goods. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And here's the best part. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. It is an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now we want to help you reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. And that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free, that's right, free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com forward slash snake. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash snake to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I know Diamond Dallas Page and Jake the Snake Roberts love this product authentically. And I can't put it over enough either. Well, the bottom line is for me, if I'm not going to tell anybody to do something that I'm not doing myself. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for 15 years. Dairy-free, GMO-free. I, I, you're going to get them on the road. But bottom line is my whole life is pretty much organic. And I'm not putting anything in my body that it's not. So right here, I'm just telling you. You want to you want to want to feel healthier. You want to feel stronger. Feel more alive. Check out AG One, and obviously it helps memory because you just rattle all that stuff off. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. 
Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Well, one, one guy talking about his health, Dallas, is Cody Rhodes. I know this is someone you want to touch on real quick here. Cody underwent surgery to repair a fully torn pectoral muscle after he got through that incredible Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins. You know Cody very well. Uh, what was that like watching, and what's his road to recovery going to look like? It's funny, my, my wife, Paige, she got up and had to walk away because it, it was it was violent. You know, when you know that he's torn his pec and taking the punishment and the abuse that he went through, like Paige got up, she goes, I can't, I love Cody, but I can't watch it anymore. And uh, like, I appreciated the pain, you know, because that's, if you're going to go out, especially with the way they brought him in with the push and yeah, did any loss hurt Seth Rollins? Zero. I mean, if anything, right now with him out, he's like he's stronger than ever. Exactly. He's like the strongest character they have besides, of course, Roman and, and, and his boys. You know, um, it just couldn't be a, a better way for him to leave. And it was not just by design, you know, because <laughs> for Cody to actually got in there knowing that it's torn. And he told me like a lot of, a lot of nerve stuff there, you know, and that's the stuff that's, you need to go to a place he, like he went, which is Birmingham. And that's Dr. Andrews yeah. and his crew down there. Very best. They have the best that they, that there's to offer. But I expect them, you know, this, what I hear is nine months. I didn't hear that out of his lips, yeah. but what I've heard, it's six to nine months. And if, if, if there's a way to get in there sooner, he will. Uh, just as it's just who he is, but to've gotten, the way he left AEW yeah. and got to lay that pipe bomb promo, you know, and then show, sit back and wait, and then deliver at WrestleMania. Yeah. And to get the reaction of the fans, AEW, there's people who are booing him, which I never understood. I mean, especially since he's the guy who really is the guy that made it all happen. Not Young Bucks, of course, Kenny Omega. But Cody was the guy, he's the architect who really put that whole thing together. So for the fans to turn on him, like, wow. But then to show up in WWE, where he's more over than he ever was there, like times 10. And then to really get the fans, and then for him to give that match in that kind of shape, because there's one thing that the fans do really understand today. In respect. Yes. For the punishment that we put ourselves yeah. through like they so appreciate it. Yeah. And for them to watch, I guarantee you, all those AEW fans were watching that match too. Yeah. You know, and wishing they had them back, you oh, know, yeah. 
No doubt. No, no question. It's like losing a, a top player from the Yankees to the Red Sox, you know, or vice versa. You know, I, I remember back in the day, man, I was in Philadelphia. We'd flown in that morning, went straight to the building, got a two o'clock show. I'm wrestling Andre. Well, for some stupid reason, I decided I was going to clothesline Andre. <laughs> it doesn't work. Clothesline that wall. He went through me. <laughs> and when he went through me, it tore my peck. You know, but it wasn't a full tear like Cody's. It was like, you know, about half. I went down and I was like, oh my, I thought I'd separated my shoulder. So you feel like you got shot, right? Yeah, man, it's unbelievable <laughs> pain. That in my, my chest went out like this. And I'm looking down, I'm like, what the hell, man? And Andre reached down and grabbed this wrist and jerked me to my feet. <laughs> I passed out. Passed out. When I woke up, Andre was singing to me. Go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep. And he's rocking me. We finished the match. You know, and then I wrestled him again that night. But I was, again, it was a partial tear. I can't imagine what a full tear would feel like. Anytime when I tore my oh. when I tore my rotator cuff, when me and Kevin Dash were the uh, the over um, the, the Vegas Connection, and we're you know first year be ever being in the ring, first nine months. When I went this when I threw Shanghai Pierce, who was six foot five, three hundred ten oh, pounds. Yeah. When I threw him in and was about to give him the elbow, you know you blasted him, yeah. and I'm going to blast him. But I I think I was too close, and he also. He didn't hit the ropes like this. He hit the ropes like this oh, and came out, and I got this. That and when I did that, I felt like someone out. like a shotgun. Yeah. Boom. And I went down. Oh. I went down. I friggin', he's selling, I'm selling. I'm crawling, like trying to get to Nash. I tag Nash, and I say, don't tag me back. <laughs> I, I, I broke my shoulder. My shoulder's fucking killing me. So I'm climbing up, and I know the ending's going to be a four-way. And I'm not going. I'm not moving. But here comes Tex Slasinger, who's 6'5 oh, yeah. and 300. And I'm like, no, no. Tex! <laughs> he hit me so hard. And now, now I fly through the air to the ground. You ain't getting me up. Now I feel like I've been double shot in the shoulder. I get back in the back. I can't, can't lift my arm oh, past my here. God. And when I get there, Cactus walks up to me. Mick Foley walks up to me and he goes, is it the worst pain you've ever felt? <laughs> of course it is. I said, yes. He said, you tore your rotator cuff. Now, the crazy part is I went to see the doctors. They tell me I have a bone bruise. Go get this dye thing put in your shoulder yeah, so we can look at know. it. Right. They bring me back. They look at a diet thing and say, just take 10 days off. You got a bone bruise. You're going to be okay. I go, I see Lex at the gym. Now I'm just doing freaking stick, you know, the, uh, the uh, bike, you know, cause I, I can't do anything. And he goes up and he says, uh, he goes, so what happened with your shoulder? And I told him, he said, did you get an MRI? I said, no, no, I didn't get one yet. I was supposed to get that. I go get the MRI. Now they know. Bring it. <laughs> They still go, they bring two other doctors in, swear to God, swear to God, bring two other doctors in, you know, got a little, you know, I, I think take them 10 days off. I can't afford, I'm at the right. end of my contract. Yeah. You know, I'm, not, I'm not like in the uh, beginning of it. 
I don't have time because if I, I'm going to be let go, which is what happened. Sure, he is. But 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 this is by this time, me and Jake are together. Like you know, he's up in WCW for a while, and right towards when this happens, he's already gone. And you know, him and Watts had a big blow up, and he left. So when when I go go when I get when I go back to the gym the next day, like says what happened, <coughs> and I told him. He said, go see this guy. And he said, gave me Dr. Bill Armstrong, who would become a really good friend of mine because he did three of my surgeries. So I go up and I see him. He looks at the, the MRI and he goes, you told your rotator cuff. I said, that's what Mick Foley said. <laughs> right? You should be a doctor. Mick, like Mick knew. Mick knew. But, uh, I mean, the, the most, it's so bad. Like, oh, you bro. can't imagine. Can't breathe. You can't imagine actually literally not just wrestling that night, going, getting through that night, and no one Monday, Seth's going to put you out again. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my God. I don't – that's that's, that's, that's superhuman. Yeah, and, and he wrestled that. himself, by the way, the Hell in a Cell structure, which is pretty impressive as is. Yeah. So, uh, I'm with uh, you, man. He's a freaking – That's above and beyond. I'm trying to look for – there was something he said to me. Uh, let me see. Um, I because I said it's got to be really put some brutal. Where did I put? Can't that? even imagine. And it takes a great dancing partner too. And Seth Rollins took care of him. Which oh, I think Seth was amazing. To be stated, Seth was amazing. Well, Seth was smart. You know, he's not going to go out there and expose just this, how bad it is. Because if he does, then he's a piece of shit. This is something, and I hope you always get pissed off at me saying this, because he always likes to kayfabe everything. But I got to let people know how, if he sells this to me, he says, he's at, he's at the hospital after you know getting surgery and shit. He said the pain was excruciating, but it's finally starting to drift. Which, I mean, he went through, he went through so much for the people yeah. to get their show. And what a way to lay off because now at that time, what storyline can really be built? Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Of what could actually happen. Well, it kind of reminds you of the thing that Triple H went through. Yes. You yep. know? Get that big pop in return. I'm with you, man. Totally. I, he's a warrior, Cody Rhodes, and I can't wait to see what's uh, in store for him. If someone relies on you financially, your spouse, your child, anyone, life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. 
By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. And Dallas, I'm very excited for what we got in store this week's episode. We're talking about a legit badass himself and marvelous Mark Marrow, Johnny B. Bad. He's one heck of a talent from his era and what he's been able to do with his life and inspire others in the process is truly, truly incredible. And I'm really glad that we're going to take some time to talk about him today on DDP Snake Pit. And this is a guy who was a legitimate athlete back in the day. You're talking about before he even breaks into professional wrestling. He's out there competing in New York Gold, Golden Gloves tournaments in boxing. He won four New York State titles. He's doing bodybuilding. What was your first exposure to Mark Marrow, Johnny B. Bad? And do you remember any of that mythos of him being a legitimate badass in between those? No, that came out much later. And Mark wasn't one of those guys who talked about that kind of stuff. He wasn't going to put himself over. But if you asked him and he talked, you know, you found out. But my first exposure to uh, Mark was Dusty. I heard me say it a million times, was my mentor. I mean, I literally, when I was managing, I was in production too. Like Dust literally would ask my opinion in a a booking meeting. And of course I gave it. How much heat did I get for that? Oh, tons. Like, you don't, like I'm nobody. But he loved my energy. We worked Florida Championship Wrestling together. So, I mean, I really, I was really good at coming up with storylines or whatever. Obviously, every storyline that you saw me ever do except for Savage was mine. Like, I came up with it. So, I was, I'm, I'm in Dusty's room with him and Magnum TA. And I don't remember what I was doing, but I hear Magnum go, Dust. He goes, come here. He goes, take a look at this kid. And I believe that Mark was in the ring with Ron Simmons, who was a beast. You know, he was, you know, the first, the first black world champion in professional wrestling, Hall of Famer, Ron Simmons, legit, ridiculous, ridiculous athlete. Damn. You know, three-time All-American from what I remember. Um, Bottom line, he's out there. And Magnum goes to Dusty, he goes, who does he look like? And Dusty goes, right, he goes, Little Richard. He goes, he look at what's he looks pretty good out there. And next thing I know, we'll ask him when we get it because I don't remember exactly it's his story to tell. But what happened from there? And you know what? We've got him here. So let's bring him on in right now. Come on in, bro. Grab your chair. Grab your chair. You got your chair, bro. Yeah, we're not going to make you stand oh, okay. up. Come on. What, is, what a treat this is here on that <laughs> We got Mark Barrow hopping in. Well, if you leave him standing, he'll be as tall as we oh. <laughs> Oops. Uh, okay, wow. so, 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 Mark, let me ask you, like, is, is that story that I was talking you know about, is that true? It, it, I w- it was actually in a tag match against Doom. Doom, they're the world tag team right, champions. Right, right, right. And 
real quick, what happened was the, the finish was, I get on, I think it was Ron's shoulder, and then Butch comes off the top rope and clotheslines. Oh, I remember off, that. And one, two, yeah. three. Yeah. Well, being green, my first match with WCW, it was, it, I remember, I'm just a guy that's enhancement. I'm getting paid 150 bucks to drive nine hours to the event, right? <laughs> and then that's what people don't understand. Yeah. When you see those guys out there who are enhancement cats, they might have come three hours, five hours, nine hours. 12 hours they might be coming from canada yeah you know they because yeah. everyone's just trying to get that yeah. break and be seen so good so anyways uh the, the finish was and then we one two three and it's over right. it beats me okay well well knowing that i'm on tv i thought i had to roll out of the ring quickly okay instead of just laying there at this devastating move right so and you know they had they had green, green. how many matches have you had at this point I had uh, three or four matches. Three or four matches. Yeah. I, I, wow. I just started wrestling, right? right. And, wow. uh, and who, wait, wait, who trained you? Uh, Malenko. Malenko. Bor- Boris Malenko trained you. Boris wow. Malenko. Yeah, man. That's... So coming, not coming from, you know, not, not a bad name. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> drop him, that's a good one. There's, yeah. there's two dressing rooms one. back at Center State. Remember, oh, yeah. the, remember the, the superstars dressing room, the contract guys, <laughs> and the jobbers dressing room. The enhancement guys. You, how many years did I draw? I, I, draw, I dressed up. Me and you both did. Yes. Later on, we always dressed there. So anyways, um, and it was it was customary after the match that a lot of the superstars would walk over to the enhancement and thank them for the yeah, match absolutely. and just say, hey, great job, man. You did a great job. Thank you. Well, um, I was not un- unbeknownst to me. I, I go back to the room and, and you know, the, the, the door kicks open and it's Butch and he's fuming. <laughs> F this, F that. Where is he? Oh, that's and I said, that's I, I was shocked. Oh, I was like, what? And he goes, he goes, whenever we, whenever I, I beat you, you lay there until we get leave the ring. He was pissed, right? Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and my first thing was like, I am so sorry. Yeah, I had absolutely. no idea. So I'm like apologizing for the bottom of my heart, and he keeps going off on me. Oh, he keeps man. going off on me. And then it switches, and where I just go, fuck you. Did you really? <laughs> oh, man, it was so pissed. Yeah. So we square off. We square off. And, and it was uh, Sid Vicious that actually set s- step between us oh my to God. break it up, yeah, you know? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh and uh, next thing I know, they said, um, Dusty wants to see you. Now I'm thinking Dusty's going to just go, you're, you're never coming back here, you know? And uh, oh so, so uh, I go into the room that Dusty's in, and I, I walk in, and I'm immediately apologizing. Dusty, I am so sorry. He goes, sorry, sorry for what? He goes, he goes, I go that match. And he goes, Oh, I don't care about that. He goes, kid, anybody ever tell you, you look like little Richard. Now, I thought he was talking about a wrestler, little Richard. I never heard of him, little wrestler. And I said, I never heard of little Richard. He goes, you don't know little Richard? I want Papa Lou, Papa, I want Papa Lou. I go, oh, the singer, little Richard. He goes, yes. He goes, you look just like him. And I go, I go, yeah, cool, man. He goes, I think I got a gimmick for you. And all of a sudden, I think, Oh my God, I go from being fired, like never coming back, right? Right, yeah, To right, right. maybe That's possibly getting a contract, right? So I only can't tell the story about how I had to get, how I drive, how I drive back to meet Dusty at the uh, yeah, yeah. CNN well, Center. Well, first, I want to, because when you look at him, you go, well, does he really look like Little Richard? He had the long hair. We'll put the picture right. up there. But he also was so tan. Yeah, yeah. You know, people thought he was part black. You know, they thought he was black, black man. I, I still get it to this day. I go to a school to talk to a school, and they go, what name did you wrestle under? Or what, what character were you? I go, I was a character named Johnny B. Bad. And they go, that was a black guy. I go, that, that was me. <laughs> All right, so go, ahead, so go to the story. So anyways, um, I'm living in Venice, Florida. Like, it's about a nine-hour drive to Atlanta. Right. And I get a phone call from Dusty's office, and they said, Dusty wants to see you tomorrow morning or tomorrow uh, afternoon. 
And um, and I said, oh, my gosh, you know, this is my chance. Maybe I'm going to sign a contract or what, what, what it's going to be, you know. So I get up really early, like four or five in the morning, and I go out to get in my truck. I had a Zuzu pickup truck. <laughs> I'm making $23,000 a year digging swimming pools. Yeah, digging swimming pools, by the way, plug, his brother Joel, how big of a pool company does he have? Uh, he's got one of the biggest ones in Georgia now. The, yeah. What's the name of it? Uh, Merodynamics Pools. You'll, you'll, you'll yeah. never get it's like three year wait, but I just let you know that Joel, who also wrestled, yeah, yeah, also wrestled, he goes from digging ditches in pools to his brother being the pool king of Georgia. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I go outside. <laughs> I, I go outside to get my truck, and it's been repossessed. <laughs> so. My buddy Mark Mark Kildreth, who eventually became Van yes, Hammer, Van Hammer lived close by. Was staying in town at that time, and I said to him, "I go, hey man, wait for anybody who doesn't Mark Kildreth, we'll pop two sixty five, shredded, oh, and six foot six. Amazing. Go ahead, yeah, ridiculous." So I said, "Mark, can you get up and take me to CNN Center?" And he said, "I'd be glad to." So he drove me all the way there, right? And he's waiting with me, and we're in the waiting room, and he, well, he drops me off, and I'm waiting in the waiting room. And the late and, the, and Dusty's secretary comes in uh, and says, "Janie Engel, Jane, yes, yeah, yep. Dusty will see you now." So I walk into his office and he's on the phone in a deep conversation, and I'm just standing at his desk, and he says, "Hold on, hold on." He puts the phone down. He goes, "Hey, kid, he has a contract. Have your attorney look it over and get back to me." <laughs> and, and he gets back on the phone. He gets back on the phone, and I get this contract, and I'm looking. Oh my gosh, and it's that contract, 75 grand, 75 grand. You know, plus merchandise and everything else, right? In the second year, it doubles to 150. Right, now, remember, I'm making $23,000 a year. I just became a millionaire to me, you know? <laughs> and so, so I'm looking and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is, a, this is a real contract, right? So he's back on the phone. I go, excuse me, Dusty, <laughs> Mr. Rhodes. And no, he no. says, and oh, he, he said, no, no. <laughs> he, says, uh, he says, hold on, hold on. What? And I go, do you mind if I just sign this now? I don't even have an attorney. And he goes, welcome to WCW. I signed oh, the contract awesome. right there. That's awesome. He gave it to him, right? Now, I cannot wait to tell my father. My father is my best friend. And my dad is a Jew from Brooklyn, New York. We, we grew up Jewish, okay? <laughs> and But but you were, you were now a born-again Christian. Yeah, I was a Christian. I'm, I, 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 you're I, a black, I, you're I, a black I, Jew. I'm black Jew, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a black, I'm a black Jew from, from, from <laughs> Macon, Georgia. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, there's there's a couple of things you don't do in life. You know, you know the old saying: you don't spit in the wind, you don't yeah, tug on Superman's yeah, yeah. and Jake, you don't call a Jew collector, okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, and back then, that was when you'd say uh, collect call, and you get to say your name, and right. it says, "Dad, it's Mark," you know, Mark Merrill, and they go collect call from Mark Merrill, right? So I knew my dad wouldn't answer, wouldn't take a collect call, so. They said, uh, collect call. I go, Dad, don't hang up. It's an emergency. And he goes, oh, he, so he accepts, he accepts the call. I go, Dad, you're not going to believe this. I just signed a contract with WCW Wrestling. He goes, my dad from Brooklyn, he goes, talks like this. He goes, Mark, I always knew you were going to make it someday. <laughs> and he goes, what do they got you doing? I go, well, Dad, they... They got me doing this little Richard thing. He goes, this little Richard? Oh my Isn't God. that that gay black guy? Oh. I, go, I go, yeah, but Dad, they're, they're paying me basically 100 grand a year. He goes, you know, Mark, what I always liked that little Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, my, my dad was a, a, a private investigator detective, and a lot of his friends were police officers. So oh, now oh it's the Clash of Champions, my first time walking out oh. in front of an audience, okay? And uh, my dad and has he's wrestled like seven times. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and now remember, my dad worked my corner in boxing and all these police officers would see me going knock out people in boxing right now. They're all watching this. 
all of a sudden this tutti fruity music starts playing. Oh my god! And they're all watching the TV. And I come walking out. They were crushed. <laughs> oh my god! I, I come walking out. Now Dusty gave me my first line ever. It says, "I had to walk up to the microphone. I go." I'm so pretty. I should be born a little gal. <laughs> and my dad just goes, my dad just goes, hey, he goes, he goes, at least, at least he's making good money. <laughs> Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Johnny B. Bad was still a character that resonated with a lot of people. You really were able to put yourself on the map with it. Uh, Jake in Dallas, what did you guys think of the presentation of him and how quickly he was able to make a name for himself? Well, I didn't know the backstory. So I was just a fan that caught him. And I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. I thought he was like, Bing. And if somebody told me that you'd only had a handful of matches, that's bullshit. Yeah. Because you did a phenomenal job with the character and you worked. You worked hard. Well, you know, I always respect hard work. Yeah. Well, that's when Dells and I started becoming friends and we would go down to the power or the. You know, uh, yeah, because I'm still managing right now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's what they first came to wrestling, right? Yes. But, that's right. But, I but you'd drive. always help me out. You'd always like give me advice or, or you'd suggest well, things. You that's know? what Jesse had me doing. Yeah. And when I was in, like, I was like part of the office, but not. Um, and, I, and I would work with the younger guys. Talking about promos. Yeah. Remember, we worked yeah. a lot of your stuff. Didn't know enough about the ring actually work, which would come later. But, you know, helping you. And then how, let, let's just segue into Mark Hildreth, Van Hammer. How did yeah. he get the gig? How did that, that was through, through me because I, I would tell uh, Dusty about, he was, remember, he, he let me become his roommate because he had a place in Atlanta. So I was his roommate. And, uh, and I, I, that I would start, and, you know, I mean, look, so, was it a while? Was it about a couple of months before you it was very, him? very soon after I That's got what it. I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember me. It was all the new guys, you know, that came in. Uh, there was, a, there was like four or five of us that came in. Uh, Scott PN Steiner. News. Yeah. Scotty Steiner. PN News. PN News. Um, you. Uh, Hammer. Well, then they break, um, what's his name? Uh, Diamond Stud came in at the same time. Scott Hall. Yeah, because I managed him at that time. Yeah, I created that gimmick for Scott Hall. But I got I got to say something to people. My number one, and uh, this this relates to what the thing of me and you and Mark being on the road a lot. Um, one of my favorite quotes is: "Repetitions of affirmations leads to belief, and once that belief becomes a deep conviction." Things begin to happen. Like the more positive things that you say in your head, the more they're likely to happen. Look where Jake came to where he is. Just watch the resurrection of Jake the snake. And you'll see what the story you tell yourself is everything. But the repetitions of the affirmations, if it's negative, you're going to stay in that spot. You're not getting out. So stop it. Just (laughs) flip the script and change it. The repetitions of the affirmations leads to belief. That's why I say that. The more negative shit you say to yourself, the more you're going to believe it. Even you're if you're going to lie to yourself, say you're a good person, and you'll start to get better. <laughs> right. Yeah, the greatest example, and I'm, there's a big lead up to this, right? Repetitions of affirmation, I keep saying it, because the more you hear it, the more you start to own it. The repetition of affirmation leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, yeah. things begin to happen. Now, me, him, um, Scott Hall 
and Van Hammer are driving down the roads and I love country music. And there's a song by a guy named Travis Tripp. I'm going to be somebody. And we would sing that song at the top of our lungs. (laughs) And it became like my, more than anything, it doesn't have to be just words. It can be music. And in this scenario, of all the things I put in Positively Unstoppable and all the stories, the book has been written. It's being published at that moment. And Travis Tritt, I see him on something, and I have his number. I only talk to him a couple of times. I just text him. I go, bro, you still in Atlanta? And he said, yeah. I said, what about we get together for dinner at Houston's? He goes, I love that. So we meet at Houston's, and when I'm on the way there, it hits me. The repetition of the number one affirmation I've ever said is that song. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again. It became part of who I was. And I I said, dude, you're not in my book. And I'm embarrassed to say that because you're, and that didn't hit me until I'm on my way to see you. You're the biggest reason probably that I got through those hardest times. Wow. You know, but it was us. It was me and you and Hammer and Scott, you know. It was pretty crazy. We had some crazy times on that road, man. <laughs> driving, <laughs> driving, the, driving, the, driving the wrong way for two and a half hours and missed the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. Laughing out the whole way and oh, then going, realize that we're going the wrong way. Oh, you're going the wrong way, dude. What do you mean you're going the wrong way? I, which way? I don't know how to read this back. This thing, if I could have had this back then. <laughs> oh, I never missed the show. <laughs> I yeah. mean, what was the line? This is very, let's talk about roads, being on the road. Michael P.S. Hayes, we were late as hell for his show. We're really late. And freaking, uh, if you get there like right before the show, oh, oh, brother, they're freaking, they're pissed off at you. Yeah. But if you get you there, you'll get fined too. Right. If, but if you get there right as they're about to play your music, they're so happy to see you. They, yes. they you will, have no heat. They will yeah. bring your luggage in. We had dug it like that in New York because they find us $1,000 right. for being late. Wow. You know? So the next time we see we're going to be late, screw this. We're going to sit out in the parking lot and smoke a couple of joints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so right we sit too. out there until about 9 o'clock. And then we just pull right up, man. And here comes the agents and stuff. I thought they were going to shoot us or something. They're getting our luggage out of the truck. And so and just helping us, helping us in there. And there was not a, not a nickel knocked off. So that was a lesson learned. If you're going to be like, be really like be that. Be really like, go be happy as hell to say. That is so true, right? It is. You've yeah. been there. You put your oh, shit yeah. in the car yeah. on the way. We all have done oh, that. Oh, my God. So, so let's go back to, so now you're there. And I can remember, by this time, I think I'm wrestling. And Mark has all of these, like, outfits. And, you know, his wife at the time, who was, was Rita, Rena, Rena mm-hmm. who would be sable at some point, um, she would pack everything for you and had everything all Ziploc bags. And I go, man, you're spending a lot of money on this, on, on this thing. Do you remember what you said? Oh, yeah. The, the, the greatest investment is invest in yourself. That's it. You know, because... Uh, when I realized that, and the amazing thing that happened was that they gave me $100,000 the next year 
because the costumes were so over. You know, I got right. the Bad Blaster, the Frisbees, I got all the Kiss That Don't Miss, you know, right. I got all, and the fancy outfits. And if we were in a certain town, uh, you know, Johnny B. Bad loves Philly, you know, different, different things that right. I'd write on the, on the capes. And, and, and the one that, that, that uh, our seamstress was Sandra Gray, yeah. who's now she with, yeah. with yeah. AEW. Yeah. Right? And she is like yeah. the top designer for yeah, all the wrestlers. Right. Well, yeah. Let's go all the way back to this. So I'm looking at all these outfits, right? And I'm like, Mark, man, I, I know you're making good money right now, which is, is that same thing I'm making because I'm making, we're both making the same thing, 75. Yeah. But that's the bottom. And you got to pay for your outfits. You got to pay for your cars. You got to pay for your hotels. So really, you it's, get even. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. like forty grand. That's really what it's. It like. sounds like a lot of money, it but does. you know, this is 1991, too. which was a yeah. lot of money. But yeah. it's still, it's like most of it's gone, and he's spending whatever's left on his outfits. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, he was. He's like, listen, he says, I'm putting everything into me because you know, it, it, I, I was. Yeah, I was I was digging ditches, yeah, you know, bringing eight months ago, nine months ago. I'm I'm gonna really invest in this. I'm gonna turn this into something. And he was right, man. Got hotter and hotter. Yeah. How many years did you stay at uh, WCW? I was there six years. Six years. Yeah, yeah, six years as Johnny B. Bad, and it was it was some of the most fun times of my career when I look back on it. And I, I have no regrets. I'm glad I went to WWE and did all that too. Sure. Yeah. But um, I got to say the one thing, and you're gonna be able to relate to this and Jake too, is that some of the most fun times I've ever had. Was when Dusty Rose was teaching me how to become yeah. Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> he was he was like that character, you know, flamboyant. Oh he goes, no, no, you walk like this. He goes, I want you to walk like this. And I want you to talk yeah, like yeah. this. And and he said, Oh, hush, Johnny. <laughs> Teddy Long, Teddy Long was my manager, so he said, Oh, hush, Teddy. <laughs> yeah, you were good. Oh my God, oh, Jesus. so we I'm sure. Hard. I'm sure Dusty was living vicariously through you. In oh my god! Oh, I remember he did do all of the characters yeah. that he really loved. We, yeah. Dusty was teaching me how to walk to the ring and do this this certain thing, this promo he wanted me to do. And I remember we got laughed when I would do it, and, and he'd do it, and we go back and forth. No, do it like this. I remember one time we were laughing so hard. He just comes over and he hugs me, and he would not let me go. We just kept laughing, and I'll never forget that. It's a moment in time that I'll always remember. God, special moment with that's Dusty. So sweet. Yeah. That's a watershed moment, yeah. as we call that, from heels, Barbara Jake. The water, the water tower, water yeah, tower. Water was Dusty one of the most influential men in wrestling for you, Mark? Oh yeah, by, by far, yes. I mean, as far as my mentor, my friend, um, you know, I mean, I didn't have the, the friendship like I do with Dallas, obviously with Dusty. But I mean, he just he cared because it was a character he created, right. and he wanted to see it become yep. successful, and he he put a lot of effort into it, and I always appreciate that because I think about my life now, like all, all the different paths and, and places I've gone and, and how I ended up in the place I am today. And I think back where, you, how did it start? It started by some guy going, you look like little Richard. <laughs> where, where, where would I be today? But you never know. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. Yeah. It just goes to show you there's hope for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> if you can start out like that and still get there, man, there's hope for everyone. I got one real quick story since that, since this happened, uh, since little Richard has passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, his driver is a friend of mine on Facebook, and uh, he, he he wrote to me, and I always was wondering, because they showed a little Richard holding posters of me, and I heard one time at a concert, he goes, they say he's pretty, not as pretty as me, he rips up the poster, you know? <laughs> so I never knew if he really liked the character or not, you know? And, you know and, and well, this, this what I heard, this is what yeah. happened. So he called this guy, the guy contacts me on Facebook, and we're actually friends, we can't, we carry on with each other now and uh he said that uh uh when little richard would see that the character because he loves wrestling the guy the driver loved wrestling right. so he said little richard 
Love the character. He uh, said he thought got such a big kick out oh of it. Gosh, so yeah. I was so happy to hear that because I never got to meet him personally, even though oh, he was at true. WrestleMania for WWE. Yeah. Were you there, yeah. Jake? Yeah. Then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. So, that is wild. So go ahead. You can you can leave, Johnny. Yeah. Go no, ahead. I was yeah. just gonna say what I find so interesting about your friendship with Dallas too, Mark, is that there's a lot of parallels in the ring and outside of the ring. And in the ring, you both climb the card kind of consistently with one another. You lead your way to the fall of 1995, where we kind of get the definitive feud between you guys with the WCW World Television Championship. Diamond Doll is involved, $6.6 million. You guys have some great matches. You never paid me. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get your money? I never got it. He'll write you a check now. (laughs) But it it, uh, culminates at Super Brawl 6 in February of 1996 you guys have the match where johnny b bad retains the wcw tv title you win the 6.6 million dollars you got the diamond doll uh dave Meltzer gave that match three and a quarter stars i watched it back before we started i really enjoyed it you guys worked really well together it seemed like there was some kindred nature between you two let let me let me lead it in so you know i i had come up with the idea of us working together because mark is here you know, I'm still here, mm-hmm. but I've got friggin', I've got Kimberly, you know, friggin', the most beautiful chick ever to do this shit. And she has a, not, not a Miss, Miss Elizabeth following, but she's getting that. And I've, you know, I, like, I took things from Jake. I took things from Perfect, from Funk, from Savage. Of course, Savage in this scenario. So I knew, because they weren't putting me on the road. Because they didn't, you know, still hadn't really believed in me. Even though 95, 94, you were the uh, most professional year, am I right? Yeah, but also... uh, Was it 93? We also each won Rookie of the Year, didn't we? No, I was... It was so funny. Someone just sent me this. I wish I had it. But it was uh, like 12 12 fucking votes. Right. Eric Watts had beat me, which they saw. Because he came (laughs) in and got... Watsy, Watsy got the huge push coming in. And edged me out, and but but I was. The like, point I make is we were so similar in everything, you know, like yeah. like, like whether it's rookie year, or most improved wrestler. What year was your most improved wrestler year? Ninety three or ninety two? Uh, I think it was. I think it was 90, Yeah, it was. It was later on. Later on, ninety well, four maybe. So I had to be ninety four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he won that ninety four of pro, pro wrestling. Right, I got it in ninety five, and we like he was still here though. I hadn't. Learn the, earn the respect, even for the people, you know, from the getting to where it broke me out of the mid card. But working with him, I knew that he would come down the power plant and we'd work together down there. And um, it's kind of like what NXT is. NXT is, I mean, Triple, Triple H got that from WCW. Mm-hmm. And of course, he made it 10 times better, but you know, they had a lot of money behind it. Um, so what we would do, they do in NXTs, they, those guys work out all the time together. So when they get out there, even though they're not on the road, they're in the ring together and they, they, they're, they know each other. They're gelling, man. Right. So me and him would go down there and we would talk things out and, and work out where we were going to go. And it was kind of, we both shared mm-hmm. it. So you, you do your shit. I'll do mine. And we, we just tell a story. Yeah. And I think that's where... I remember they wouldn't, again, wouldn't put us on Nitro, but they would put us on like Saturday Night 605. Worldwide or something. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever the show was that didn't get a lot of people seeing it. 
But what they would do is they would, just like they do in WWE today, and AEW does it too, they'll, they'll fly you in, even if you're not working, right. in case they need you. Right. So we're there every week, but we're not on TV. So we asked Terry Taylor if we could have the dark match. And that's where we really started to grow. And this started before we ever got to that match because we had three or four pay-per-view matches. And it kept coming up, this things like if I'd lost, uh, I'd lost the, um, Kimberly was, no, the belt first, then I lost Kimberly, then I lost the money, then I went homeless. Um, but uh, <laughs> my, my point was, is that bringing, telling that story, we got, we're only on the, the, the satellite shows. We're not on the main show, but we were, and we were feeling the crowd. Do you think that's yeah. what really got you to the next yeah, level? Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing is when, when we would be wrestling each other, we always thought, let's steal the show. That's let's, it. let's have the best match, man, even though they, they gave us maybe seven minutes or whatever it was, you know. Right. But when, they started, when we started opening the pay-per-views is when we really started taking off. Because right. we knew we had like maybe 10 or 12 minutes to put together a match. It'd be a high energy match. It's fast paced. And we had to get a lot of different stuff in there. Those people um, ready to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so they, they used, uh, and plus the Johnny B. Bad character got the crowd going in the, in the beginning. You know, yeah, it started man. out with a bad blaster and, you know, the, the, the music and everything. So the, it the really, music was great. Yeah. Entrance music, Jake. How important do you think that is? Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I've had people tell me, you know, I freaking I don't like really like watch wrestling, but I love the entrances. Yeah, yeah, because people like this, this the spectacle part of it. And one of the things that really back in in the mid '90s, and Jake, you can tell me if you really remember this at all, because when you watch back Savage, Savage and Flair, or Flair and um, and Steamboat, or Steamboat and Savage, they did a lot of false finishes. Yeah. And it seemed like to me, like in the mid nineties, it seemed like people were just going directly to the finish. They went to the finishes. The, the finish wasn't elaborate. There wasn't any real big false finishes. So I was studying those tapes and I'm like, I need to do that. And that's what we started doing. I didn't start yeah. doing it until I started doing it with him. And when we have, you know, there's, there's no cameras on us. This is the dark match. But when you get to that point, where we've got the open, we've got the, you know, we've got the, uh, the, the heat, and now we're in the comeback, you know, hope spots, and getting those false pops, finishes. Hearing those pops, man. When you've got the people, one, two, ha! And normally it's him doing a false finish on me, right? And I'm taking out. And I remember looking up the first time and I go, we got him. That's the best <laughs> yeah. feeling in the yeah. world, isn't it? Yeah, man. Did you feel that way, Mark? That you guys just had that chemistry where you oh, it was it was amazing. And I mean, if you really had to think about it, how many times do you think we wrestle each other? I mean, through through all the towns that we went to, I mean, it's maybe a hundred fifty, maybe yeah. times, right? We wrestled each other. It was just crazy how many well, times. You we... should have had that one good match. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, we had four. We had. If you watch every one of our pay per view matches, I challenge anybody because I would. If some of the young kids today, because we always talk about taking more time, yeah. selling what's been done. Yeah. If you go back and watch those matches, there's a baby face and there's the heel. And the heel's trying to cheat. And I used everything from a Max Muscle to a Kimberly yeah. to whoever, whatever yeah. I could do there. Again, 
listening to Yoda over here, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out. Because back then, Jake, I would bring the tapes to him yeah. and show him the matches yeah. and stuff. That's you know? tough, guys, to watch people's tapes. Oh, God. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and one of the things, like, when, when Jake first moved in with me the first time, back when, you know, in, in 91, I guess, or 92, yeah. whatever it was, um, and, and, and I, my, my rotator cuff, I still can't lift my arm up. I've had surgery, just waiting for it to heal. And when Jake moved in, I was like, man, I can't wait for this thing to be, get down get down to power plant and to work with you, get in the ring. And what'd you say? Hell no, you ain't ready. Yeah. He wanted, he said, you'll learn more from me sitting on the couch watching your yeah. matches than you will in the ring with him. Because yeah. then he could really critique me. Yeah, we, we used to learn so much after a show, going to the next town or going home, that two or three hours, and when you're talking about your match. Right. And how it could have been better. What could I have done there that would have been better? It was great, but what could I have done that would have been better? And you get this from three or four guys in the car, you chew it up, some of it works, some of it doesn't. But that's where you get that, that knowledge from, man. Yeah. And I feel like some of the guys today don't get that opportunity. Because well, they're not on the road no, like that. The, the other, the, the the other like thing that. is, is you, were yeah, one of the, you were one of the first guys, I think, to ever tape your own matches. Yeah. You had the tripod set up at the, at the, at the, behind the curtain there, yeah. and, and you tape your matches and, and watch them back. And that's where I think a lot of improvement came from when you got to see yourself over and over again and, and wrestling different people. You know, I mean, that's one thing about Steve Austin was I, I commend him for was he watched everybody. Every, he would look through that curtain and watch time. every match. I'm thinking, this guy stands there all the, all day and watches every match. And then, but then when you work with him, he knows your moves. He knows yeah. his psychology. He wants yeah. to use with different wrestlers. Yeah. Everybody has different things. And he was just, he was, he was, smart he was, about he was gifted at that. That's awesome. He, he, he put that, he put the extra work in when Austin and I, when I started wrestling, wrestling, now the managing's over and they beat the fuck out of me down there that first couple of weeks you know try to run me off yeah you know and but i was already i could already do 700 hack squats going in because i knew yeah. i knew before you know going in there so i didn't go right there it was like a couple of weeks in the in the middle of that and i had trained to be in shape because i knew there they would literally make you do yeah, 50 100 100 i think it was 100 i think it was 100 hack hindu squats 25 push-ups, 125, 100. By the time you got to that, by the time you got to that 300, oh, your legs are yeah. noodles. Oh, noodles. It was my Sarge one in the place, right? Sarge would, yeah. He <laughs> want, he stretched me so hard. You know, and I'm not selling it, you know. I'm just going to take it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times yeah. my body hit that ring those first couple of weeks, I thought to myself, this fake stuff hurts like hell. You know? <laughs> it hurts more. Jake, how, how, many, how many big NFL players would come and say, I want to be a wrestler, oh, and they'd go God. through that, and they'd walk they'd out the door away. and say, I'm never coming back. Yeah, I'm never done. come back. That, that I'm was done. the funniest thing, man, whenever they were uh, getting the guys ready for WrestleMania two, and they had Bill Fralick and those guys out there. And, uh, Lawrence Taylor, right? Lawrence Taylor and, and William Perry and this guy and that guy, they're all out there in the ring. They're like, well, what if we don't, what if we want to win? And Andre went, oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. What are the few shit. guys, what are the few guys you could really say that oh, yeah. and back oh, that man. up? You know, someone oh. like Brock Lesnar, he could really say yeah. that and back that shit up. Andre you know? just giggled. It was funny. <laughs> I, uh, I looked it up by the way, uh, 
Mark, you were PWI most improved 1995. Dallas, you were 96. So very, very, very kindred in that sense. And you both go off in your separate paths at that point. You head over to the WWF. Dallas ascends the card there. Uh, You guys clearly formed a friendship. So, Mark, seeing Dallas rise to the point that he did, uh, how cool was that for you as a bystander? Oh, my God. I remember we talking. I'd call him after I saw something on on WWF television, and I I, I just was so... I'm just proud and happy and just, I knew all the work he put in. Not a lot of people knew yeah. the work he put in you know, and, and his dedication. <laughs> yeah. And, and I knew his, uh, his friendship with Jake and, and Jake's knowledge and, and, and all the people, Dusty's knowledge, people that have really, he listened and, uh, seeing him, oh man, when he, when he, when he won the world title for the first time, it was like, I mean, it's just tears. It was just yeah. incredible. Cause we all, we were all in it together. We were yeah. friends, you know, we were, we watched each other grow and watch each other, you know, the only thing better would have been you winning it. <laughs> that's, that's how it feels. You, you, want, you want your yeah. best friend to have it if you can. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but they gave you that freaking Intercontinental title, which was a freak, just serious. That was a serious oh, yeah. title. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, I, I, in fact, to, to win that, I had to beat uh, Owen Hart, Stone Cold. I had to beat um, uh, Ron Simmons, uh, <laughs> Farouk in the finals. Right. So right. it was. Uh, it was he didn't a, have a flashback on your ass, did he? No. <laughs> I, was, I was Butch Reed. I, 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 I remember now that it was a tag team when you guys. Yeah. And I remember, I literally remember because the, the Road Warriors did that same yes, type of finish. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, and, and Butch Reed, God rest his soul, you know, uh, you know, obviously we became friends after and there was no, sure. never no hard feelings. And, you know, you get over stuff real quick. It's like, it was funny now. It's like guys that you didn't get along with back in the day. They never talked or anything. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you go to a convention. It's like it, there's this camaraderie yeah. we all have. Yeah. You know, we did. We all did yeah. something together. Yeah. And, and, you, that, and that, like, that, that this many people did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know it, I mean? it, you bury the hatchet of people that you might have never talked to or, or had arguments with or yeah. disliked or whatever. Whatever. Reason, and you're you know? surprised you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that segment. I, I wanted to say because we, we're talking about you know like where we're at, what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to be at uh, Rick Flair's roast, and I'm. Rick literally called me himself and asked me to be in the rose. And I was already booked, not so much booked, but one of my buddies, Cody Johnson, one of the best country musicians on the planet. He's playing with Luke Combs, who's the biggest country star in the world right now. And I met Luke too. His manager is a friend of mine. So I, I had blocked that off for nine months. Conrad's like, D, want to bring up the star cast, man. It's going to be amazing. Nashville, it's Flair's last match. Going to roast him, man. He goes, do a signing. He goes, you'll, you'll kill it up there. I'm like, uh, can't do it. He goes, dude, are you already booked already? I go, yeah, yeah but no, I, I got to see my, my boys are in town. So they're going to be at the bench. Luke Combs and Cody Johnson. He's like, Dude, this could be a really big one. You, you know, it's, it's, that's a concert. I go, I know, but this is a concert I want to see. I'm going to have first class treatment. You know, those guys are my boys. Then Flair calls me like three weeks ago. <laughs> He's like, come on, we're going to have so much fun. Well, yeah, okay. When the Nature Boy called you, you freaking do it, right? So it, it just comes in reference to, because people who don't know and only seen what Flair, the negative stuff that, Rick and I have, because we've had this over the years. And what you to what you just said there, Rick, you know, I'm watching him go get his first retirement in the WWE, never did this like for anyone, like for Flair, where they dropped the billion balloons on him. 
It was a big retirement thing on Raw. And just everyone, all the boys coming out there and just loving him. And I always loved Ric Flair. So I was really pissed, but it was, you know, just the tension that was there. And so what ended up happening is I, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. I, in my head, I'm going to fix this. I don't want this. So we both had an autograph session in, uh, in, um, New Jersey the next weekend. And I'd said to, uh, I'd said to, um, uh, well, I didn't say anybody. What, what happened was Rick walked in the back door. And of course, the green room, he got swarmed with everybody because he just did retire. <laughs> and when he gets down to the last person, it's me. And I'm like, hey, Rick. He's like, hey, Diamond. I go, can I talk to you for a sec? He goes, absolutely. And we walked, uh, you know, we walked over to the side. I said, listen, Rick, I know we've had heat over the years. And he goes, oh, Diamond, don't worry about that. I go, Rick, I'm not worried about it. I want to fix it. I said, I always love Ric Flair. I don't want to feel like this. I, I don't want to feel you to feel like this about me, man. I go, I go, I know I've said some shit. I know you said some shit, man. I go, man, I, 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 I'd like to start all over again, bro. I go, I'm Diamond Dallas Page. And I put my hand out and he popped and he gave me a hug and kissed my forehead and God bless you, brother. And that was 10 years ago. And today to have Rick call me for that roast which if you're not if you're going to be in nashville or you it's it's going to be something to see i know it's i, I think that they're, they're throwing some extra tickets for the match but it sold out immediately and they moved it to another building so i don't know where that's at right now but we're going to be doing autograph signings and we'll be roasting his ass on that friday before the sunday so it's good to be it's like i don't want i never want any heat with any of the guys yeah. we're a family man you know I mean, anybody, every single person, we're in the littlest bit he with, it's all super good. You and, know? you know, we, we've all, you know, we've all seen so many of our friends that have passed on. Yeah, and it's, this life is so short and precious, man. You know, who, who wants to live this, with an argument? Second hate. Yeah, yeah, man. If you, hate is like you drinking poison expecting you to die. Yeah, absolutely. That's what man. hate's like. 100%. Because, you know, the other guy probably doesn't even know you're pissed off. Yeah, right. At the time, the other guy didn't know you're mad. Yeah. No, th- th- this is a classic too here. You know, everybody knows about the fight me and Scotty had yeah. back there. After that fight that me and Scotty had, there was a mutual freaking like respect for each other. Yeah. Today, Rick Steiner's son, Maverick, and Bronson, Ron Rager, oh, they work out working. with me. Scotty's two sons. Brandon, who's one of the best basketball players in the state of Georgia. Really? Yes. Wow. Six foot one, going to be a senior this year. I seen him the other day because his brother, Brock, works out with me all the time whenever he's back home. And these guys are Monsters. in it. They're in it. These are Steiner boys. Studs. Rick Steiner is mm-hmm. the real last name. But these are the Steiner boys, the Steiner cousins, I call them. You'll see them. They're up. They're on the app. They're working out with me. And those workouts... If you see us going into a 30-minute workout, you know that's going to be a motherfucker. Just telling them. But if you see us going into a 20-minute stretch, anybody can do that. So I'm teaching them how to do all that stuff, right. too. But his son, Brandon, he's, got, he's only been over once so far because he's always playing AAU basketball. I saw him throw the ball, bounce it, jump up, catch it, and fuck, it backhand dunk it. He's 6'1". Insane. Got some power in the He's 6'1". 
one yeah. or six foot or something. He ain't, he ain't a big, he's only still, he's still growing. But I, he's one of the best point guards in the state, George. I'm really looking forward to going and watching him play this season. What, what high school is he with? Um, you know, I don't know, but we'll, we'll go together. Okay. We'll go together. Cool. There you go. I'm sure Scott will be there, his wife. I, I mean, yeah. we, you know, his wife was a, a super athlete, uh, a gymnast. And, you know, it, it, between, between those genetics, his mom and, and, and Scotty, they've, they've really, and, and Rick too. I mean, just beasts, uh, and, and great kids, like just yeah, very the most respectful. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm just, but it's what he was to say, like that I got nothing but love for any of the guys that we did this with and it should be like yeah. that. And, and, you know, uh, how long are we in this way? Because I want to make sure I want to get into Mark's, what he's doing well, today. That's what I was just going to say. I, I want to put a bow tie on this conversation here. Jake, you're sitting next to two of the most motivational and inspirational men in all wrestling right now. And what Mark yeah. Marrow has done in terms of taking his stories and his struggles on the road, yeah. speaking at high schools, colleges, other engagements, yeah, it's I've, so admirable. I've been, I've been to one. I've been to <laughs> one, and it was a moving experience for me. You know, mm-hmm. it really, truly was, but yeah. just uh, to listen to him. And, you know, I went out for a while and spoke at some churches and stuff. And that's a hard, hard road to take because you are on a different plane right there, man. And uh, people can say what they want, but, man, Satan tries to get you every damn day. So you got to have your stuff shored up and ready to go. And I respect the hell out of Mark for being able to do it. Why is that so important to you? Let me jump here, Johnny, because I saw the very first thing that Mark did. And in the beginning, I thought, ah, it's good, but kind of corny, you know. uh, And then I saw it in that other time. I've watched this go through every every change because you just don't get it right away. Jake's first, you know, one-man show, brutal. I mean, it was still entertaining at points, but there was no – he didn't understand – it, it was it was like it was like his first matches. Oh it, God, no, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean. It's like it, it take repetition is the mother sure. of learning. So I see it again. Oh, it's getting better, dude. Then I see it again, yeah, and then I I'm living in L.A. at the time, and I come in. And he goes, "Hey, I just filmed a new one." He goes, "Check this out." So we sit there and look at it, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I look at him. I go, "Bro." I go, you could be the next Joel Osteen. And I really meant it. I really meant it because his impact. Now, by this time, it's 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 not just churches he talks to. Most of it's schools. Yeah. Kids. Tough. Kids are the, Brutal. are the hardest people, especially today, because of all the shit and this and not talking but texting. I mean, it's so hard to communicate with kids. And the next time Mark came, by the time I moved my business to L.A., I mean, from L.A. to Atlanta, moved in here, and I'd seen what Mark had done when Steve, you, who's my business partner and the president of my company and the greatest storyteller ever, I call him Yoda, just like Jake when it comes, Jake in the ring, psychology, Steve when it comes to filming, he's the guy who's the brain behind uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake and making people feel that good with it. And I said to him, I said, uh, I want to take the crew down. He was working right down the street from us at this at this school. He'd come up to uh, work in uh, you know Georgia, and we filmed it. And before that, it was tough for you to get booked, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it was word of mouth that were, you know, one school would call another, and, and we were slowly getting booked. But it wasn't nothing like once that when the when the video took off that that you guys filmed. Yeah, there was a whole video, and Steve just took this one part. And we're going to play it for you at the end of this because you don't want to miss this. If you've never seen it, you need to see it. And it's the one clip that about your mom. Yeah, yeah. And long story short, but over half a billion people have seen this video now. Okay. Some of the biggest websites that take this video and have hundreds of millions of hits on it. And after that video hit our first month, we had 3000 booking requests. I was, I was averaging about 230 events a year. Wow. And uh, it's just, this is my, this, I start my 16th year speaking now. Congratulations. But the is, thank you. The, it really took off after that video went viral. And every school wanted me to come to speak to their high school or middle school or colleges. And uh, we just were, you know, one year we did 200, almost 300 events in, in a year. It was like wrestling. Yeah, exactly. And when, when he does an event, like I saw one, how can people follow you, Mark? Um, I mean, you Google my name, but our, our website is thinkpoz.org. Thinkpoz.org. But but you also, but where you see a lot of your videos, because you do a lot of oh, inspirational fa- videos. Facebook or YouTube. You just type yeah, but my what, name but in. What, but it's just Mark Merrow? Yeah. Just yeah. at Mark Merrow. Yeah, you'll, you'll find me very easily if you just type my name into Google Mark and, and Merrill. You, and you want to you follow him because he has such a great message all the time. But especially like... For, for what these these kids, like people who have, like kids who are going to kill themselves. Like, yeah, yeah, we're seeing a lot of hopelessness out there, you know, especially after the pandemic, the isolation, the loneliness, oh, depression yeah. that people have gone through, Jake. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we, we've all experienced, see, you can't really help someone unless you've experienced yourself in a deep level. And I think we've all gone through hardships in our life, but through those struggles, we find our strength. And I think that's where you can really help somebody. You yeah, know? So many people have never been down like they were during the pandemic and they don't know how to come back out yeah they really don't know how to come back out because while they were down they did everything they could just keep from going crazy right and uh yeah you see that today you see you see that everywhere you know I, when i went through one of my most difficult times dark time in my life where i got back after divorce and drugs and alcohol sure. and I hit rock bottom, and then I, I realized that rock bottom has a basement. <laughs> you know, it, was, yeah. it was so bad. I just didn't want to be here anymore. But, but, but coming out of that, it's like I look at my life now and how it's changed so much. But I, when, so when I meet a kid that's depressed or someone that's going through a hardship, I get it. Yeah, I, I understand absolutely. it. Like you mean an alcoholic, Jake. You completely understand oh, yeah, what they yeah, feel and how, how they've gone through this. You know? Given everything that you have, including your family, your children, everything, yeah. it's just not going to have one more hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. It sucks. Well, but there's hope. We are so appreciative of your time here, Mark Marrow on DDP Snake Pit. You're an inspiration to a lot of people. It was a lot of fun hearing some of your stories with Dallas. Is there anything else that any of you would like to add to the conversation here as we, we wrap should, up? We should, bring him, we should bring him back sometime when he'll pay to come on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of plugs, man. Thank oh, you, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. oh, my goodness. Well, we are so oh, grateful wait, wait, that you guys... Let me, let me ask, uh, do you, uh, I know your, your schedule now is getting booked up again, um, but um, anything off the ordinary? Uh? You know, I got a, I, I, one of the things that really helps support our, our nonprofit organization, because a lot of schools don't have a lot of money to bring sure. me to fly me around the country. Um, I'm doing a corporate event next, uh, next week in, uh, uh, in New Orleans and um, for a law firm. 
So That's those awesome. those really offset our costs that help sure. us out, and it's huh? a it's a real blessing to do a corporate event. It's really fun to do a corporate event because you can share almost a similar story, but on right. an adult version of sure, it. Sure, right. I, I literally just did two in the last month, and uh, you know it's it, it's funny how you know telling the story. You're constantly like it's the repetition that you own, but when you go to a corporate, you have to change it up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have no idea how challenging it is to change a story you've been telling the same way yeah. forever. Now you've got to take that story here and make it here and then put this one, which used to be here, now is here. And then, and like, man, I worked so hard. But what I found, and you, you have the blessing of doing this all the time, I'm sure you can literally re-edit re in your brain. Yeah, you yeah. Read people. Yeah. That's the first thing you got to do. Yeah. Look at the people and see where they're at. And just like when you would kind of write one of those right. amazing promos yeah. that you would, or when you're doing, stay when you're doing you your one man show. What to do. Yeah. You got to go out there and feel them and go, okay, because this won't work and that won't work, but this one will. Right. You know, and, and know which way to go. Mm -hmm. And once you get that, and I'm sure you're there because it shows that uh, it's, it's such, such fun. You know, one of the things, uh, I'm going to be speaking to lawyers, attorneys, you know, now I'm usually speaking to kids, right? They really need help. And, and, and the one thing I realized, though, as, as, as we age, we become complacent in life. One day becomes the next, and we say sure. things like, those were the days oh, where yeah. I'm here to tell you, these are the days. Yeah. These are the days we learn from past mistakes. We grow in grace and knowledge. We accomplish the most amazing things. You want to write a book. You want to start a business. We're never too old, man. No. Hey, we started wrestling at 31, 35, right? right. Uh, I became an inspirational speaker at 47. I wrote my first book at 50. You know, Just there's, I mean, you look, yeah, and there's like, the, you got to look at the rest of your life as the best yeah. of your life. And yeah. don't think your best years have already passed you. No. You don't want to, you want to live with hope in your heart. You'll never walk alone. Well, Mark, we are just so appreciative of your time. You are an inspiration to so many people, and congratulations on all your success. And we're grateful that you took your time here with us on DDP Snake Pit. And next week, we're going to be talking about another guy who's learned a lot from. Jake the Snake Roberts in particular, and that is Raven. So that should be a great episode here on DDP Snake. Can't blame it all on me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to play. So stick around right here and check out this video that came from that time that Mark went from, you know, bookings he had to really, really, really work for to like 3000 in a month. Because they were moved back. My mom would be at and all my sporting events. Let's say I was playing football, okay? My mother would be on the sidelines, and if the play on the field started going one way, my mother would run along like, Mark, get him, get him! I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'd get in the huddle with the other guys, they go, Mark, is that your mother? I go, no, I never saw her before in my life. <laughs> the greatest gift my mother ever gave me, she believed in me. I have overdosed on drugs on three occasions where I should have been dead. But I believe I was kept here for a reason. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. How do I know this? I hung out with losers and I became the biggest loser of them all because I gave up everything I dreamt about as a little boy because of who I chose to surround myself with. My friends would drive me home at two, three, four in the morning. We'd be drunk and high, laughing in the car. We pull up in front of my house in New York. They go, Mark, Mark, the light's on. I go, oh, man, my mother's up. See, my mom wouldn't go to bed until she knew her son was still alive. I'd walk in, she'd say, hi, Mark. 
how was your night? I go, it was good, Mom. I'm just going to go to bed. She goes, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I go, Mom, I'm tired. I'm just going to go to bed. She goes, Mark, I haven't seen you all day and all night. Can I please talk to you? I said, man, just leave me alone. You bug me. I slam my bedroom door on the one person who believed in me. I was on a worldwide tour when we were wrestling overseas in Japan. After my wrestling match, I went upstairs in my hotel room and I fell asleep. There was a knock at my door at 3 o'clock in the morning. I got out of bed and I looked through the safety window and I could see it was a Japanese promoter. So I opened the door and he said, Mark, you need to call home. There's been an emergency. I went and got on the hotel room phone. I called back to the United States and said, hey, what's going on? I said, Mark, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, just tell me what happened. All of a sudden they started crying. They go, Mark, I can't tell you. I said, just say it. I said, Mark, your mother died. I just threw the phone down. I ran out of my hotel room. I took the elevator to the lobby. When the doors opened up, I just ran out into the street. I mean, there was no cars. There was no people. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I walked down the middle of a street in Hiroshima, Japan. And I remember looking up and just saying, Mom, I am so sorry. I flew home for her funeral, and I was so nervous to walk up to her casket, so I just stood way in the back. And I kept looking from a distance. I kept thinking to myself, Mom, please wake up. Please get up. And then I finally got the nerve to walk up to her. And as I got closer, I could see my mom for the first time. I mean, she was so beautiful. She, she was dressed in white. I mean, she looked like an angel. And I just stood over and I said, Mom, you are my hero. Everything I am, everything I hope to be was because of you. You loved me so much. You gave me a life. You're the only one that ever believed in me. How did I repay her? By getting drunk, by getting high, by getting stupid, by hanging out with losers? For what? All she ever wanted to do was talk to me. I wish I could talk to you now, Mom. I wish you could see what I'm doing. Why couldn't I have been a better son? We are defined by our choices. But if you surround yourself with people involved in drugs and alcohol and pills, it's a dead end. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to tell you I lived that life. It leads to broken hearts, broken relationships, broken dreams, and death. For what? To get high? If you have a mother or a father, when you go home, tell them how much you love them. See, my whole life was about being rich and famous. I had to be a millionaire. I had to win the race. I had to win the race to expense my marriage, my family, my friends for what? To be all alone in the world? I learned what is truly important, and that is how precious this gift of life is and our families and how quickly it can be taken away. See, I no longer live in time I live in moments. See, it's not what's in your pocket that matters. It's what's in your heart that truly matters. Love. Love is just a word until somebody comes along and gives it meaning. You. You're the meaning.